Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to uh, 2 Kings chapter 13. You know, we just had uh, Guy Pei come in and minister and share about the camels are coming and unpacking and, and uh, getting ready. And people are going to run down and do things. There's supernatural things that get, get spoken. You know, and we're talking about uh, on Wednesday nights, we're talking about uh, Noah and how God spared the world and how he judged the world, hallelujah, because of sin and what was going on there. But also we talked about, <laughs> excuse me, the Tower of Babel. So 2 Kings chapter 13 is where I want you to go to, because I want to talk to you tonight about, and my title tonight is It's Working, which simply means everything that we've done and everything that God is saying and doing is working in your life. Your prayers are working, your faith is working, hallelujah, your righteous acts are speaking things. I want to share some things because I want to share you a story out of the, out of, uh, of the Old Testament here that usually we, we kind of take a negative side to this and we blame the, uh, the, uh, the things, but I want you to see a spiritual side of it that I think will help us and it'll bless us and it'll cause us to, to change our lives even right now, but also cause us to receive, Amen. You know, one of the biggest things is when you hear a great message or when you get challenged with things and you're challenged in your spirit or you're challenged by the word of God. And when you're challenged with it, basically you have to make a decision whether you're going to receive it and you're going to act upon it. Kind of like this. How do you make the word that's been spoken to you yours? Amen. Paul said it like this because that's what made Paul so strong because he made the gospel his gospel. He said, the gospel is my gospel. In fact, remember when he was written to the, the church at uh, Galatians, he said, if they preach to you any other gospel, let them be accursed. I mean, that's how, that's how strong he was believing the gospel. Now, granted, he wrote you know, almost two-thirds of the New Testament, which was a tremendous you know, uh, blessing for you and I because we began to see and hear it. But how many you know that the word of God needs to work in our lives? That's why my title is It's Working. And so I want to share truths from the Word of God. And I want to get it so that you can make this word. You can believe that when you hear something that just sounds too good to be true, but yet you've got Scripture, you've got the Word of God, you've got the anointing of God, guess what? It is true. And the way it becomes true in your life is by you taking it and applying it, and you begin to speaking words of life over yourself. Amen? Amen? So look at here in 2 Kings chapter 13. Hallelujah. Amen. I brought my glasses out. We're going to be doing this. You get it? I actually got it all blown up here too, but I wanted to get it over here. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 15. This is Elisha's final prophecy. Now, you know, there was the prophets in the Old Testament. There was Elijah and Elisha. Elijah, you know, was very powerful, but Elisha had a double anointing. So he did twice as many miracles as Elijah did. But here in Elisha, this king has come to him. King Joash came to, to Elisha, and he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, he's weeping over, and he says, oh, you know, my father, my father, I see the chariots and the chariots of Israel, and he's crying over them. But then in verse 15, Elisha tells him this. He says, Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hand. Then he commanded, open that east window you know, over there. And he said, he opened it. And then he said, shoot. And then he shot an arrow. And Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. And for you, for you will completely conquer the Arameans uh, at, at Aphek. And talking about the Syrians. And the King James talks about it, Syria and the Syrians. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. He exclaimed, then you would have beaten Aram or beaten Syria until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will only be victorious only three times. Then it says, Elisha died and was buried. You know, most of the time we take hold of the story and we say, man, what a dumb king. Why didn't he just keep beating? But Elisha, all he did was say, he said, he said, strike the ground. He didn't say, hey, strike the ground a bunch of times. He said, strike the ground. And he only struck the ground three times instead of striking the ground as many until the prophet said, stop. Amen. And we look at that and we try to come against, you know, oh man, we'll look at the king. What did he do this? But I want to share something a little different. I want to take this story a little bit more on a different, different twist because really what happens here is when you look at it, 
The prophet of God said this. He actually implied that the king's actions right now would make a deposit into the spiritual realm for some future things that if he would have done the right thing, it was going to change their whole destiny. Do you know things that God speaks to your heart right now, if you'll just do them and continue to do them until God says stop? Amen? People say, well, God told me to do this. Okay, and then, well, why did you stop? Well, I, I thought I was done. I did it, but so I'm done. No, if God told you to do something, you don't stop until God tells you to stop. Because what you're doing now is affecting what's going to take place in the future. It's whether or not you have total victory or partial victory. Now, y'all, y'all listening? <laughs> okay, good. You know, because what happens is, is that what he basically told the king, he said this. What you've done has stopped, you know, uh, the quality of life that you would have had. You would have totally annihilated them and they would have never been a threat. Now you're only going to defeat them three times and then they're going to rule over you, which they did. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, and you know, it's funny because you read down later in this story right here, Elisha dies, but they don't have time to cover up his, his grave because they're in a war. And then there's some, you know, invaders that are coming and they got a guy that's dead and they're running and they said, this guy's guy's dead, let's just throw him in this grave. And they throw their their guy that's dead in the grave. He lands on Elisha's bones and comes back to life and starts running after him. Awesome, huh? So Elisha's anointed. Even in Elisha's dead, I mean, there's enough anointing in a dead prophet's bones to do some supernatural things, amen? Why do I say that? It's because when we understand this, that what it's teaching us is that something must happen right now in the realm, or whatever happens right now in the realm of the spirit is going to change what's going to take place in the natural. What we do right now for God and what we're doing for God, hallelujah, is God's tying it to our future. You ever heard of a thing called synchronicity? A word called synchronicity, which means that everything in your life is tied together. Some people that you come in contact with and connected with, hallelujah, that you may just be a short time right now, but God has basically got you connected in because later on, they're going to be a, a very big cog in the wheel that you need. They're going to be a big blessing down yonder. Amen? You're going to see the hand of God. Now, I don't, it's hot in here to me. So if it's hot in here to me, I don't know. Of course, I'm warm. Is it cold to you guys? Are you guys okay? Is the temperature okay? It's just right. Okay, because it's warm up here. Hallelujah. It was freezing. I had Greg turn the heat out, but I think he, he's back there sitting, so he's probably thinking it's nice. So, but that's okay. No, what happens is, is that there's things taking place, and what you do and your actions now are preparing you for what's going to happen later on. Amen? It ties you together. You don't really realize what you're doing right now, that it doesn't seem so insignificant, what you're doing, what you're tied to, and yet... Because you're just doing it, and then all of a sudden, God says, no, watch, I'm going to get you connected here. It is because God sees the whole picture. Amen? Amen? God sees the whole picture. You know, you're like connected here, and you're just doing something because it's the thing to do and the right thing, and you just feel like God's speaking you to do it. But because you did this, (laughs) excuse me, because you did this, later on down the line, there's blessings. It's because there's a connectivity. This would seem so insignificant. See, the things of God are never insignificant. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to get a drink of water. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let the devil win either, so hallelujah, we're good. Mm-hmm. I got a whole bag in my office, so hallelujah. <clears throat> but when you understand that, it's the same thing about what Jesus said. Remember Jesus in Mark chapter 11, he cursed the fig tree. And in cursing the fig tree, it dried up what? From the roots. See, what we've got to believe that when we're doing things, we're doing things supernaturally, that God's working in the realm of the spirit, even though we may not see anything in the natural. Even may we not, may not see anything. And because we're people of faith, because we believe things, we believe that our past prayers, you know, our past acts of faith, our past, past acts of righteousness, all those things are working. That everything that we've done, everything that we're doing is working and God's working for us and he's working with us, hallelujah, and it's for our good. Amen? Amen. Now, all of us know Romans 
chapter 8, verse 28, right? It says, all things work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Amen? So if you love God, all things. Everybody say all things. things. You know, when 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 you see that, you go, wow, okay. Not only is it working powerfully, but it's working effectively, and I believe that with, with all my heart. So what we have to do is make sure that we're not withdrawing our faith or we're not continuing to speak our faith. You know, we are who God says we are, but if we want God to be a reality in our life or if we want the word of God that we hear a message that says, hey, this is supposed to happen, this is supposed to take place, if we want that message or that word, then we've got to take it and say, you know, that's for me. Amen? You've got to decree and to declare. No, I believe that what God said is for me. I believe this. I believe that what God says, hallelujah, <coughs> is this, is that this is what God said about me. This is what God says for me. So I'm going to continue to thank God, hallelujah, that the seeds that he's sown are going to turn into great fruit. Amen? And I'm thank God that I've planted these seeds, and those seeds are going to grow up. You know? And I believe that God's working in the unseen realm. Hallelujah. And that he's doing some things. I like Mark 11, 20, 20 through 24, when it talks about that he cursed the, 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 the tree, and they came back and saw the tree dried up by the roots. That's what verse 20 says. And then Jesus says in verse 22, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. Amen? And then in verse 23, he says... Because he says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say, that whosoever, you know, that, you know, will believe in his heart in, in that sense of where, and shall, you know, say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. You can bring it up. And, you know, and then he says uh, that, you know, if you do that, you don't doubt in your heart, then what happens is, is that you're going to see that take place. Amen. Talks about saying. And then Mark eleven twenty four says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen? You've got to believe that you receive them and, and do that. And I'm going to give you four things that are simplistic things that will help you to keep your faith and know that God's working on the things that you're believing for. I believe that 2024 is our year of completion. Amen. It's our year to receive. It's our year to have all the things that we've been believing for, that we've been speaking about, that we're going to see an acceleration of. I believe that. And so I'm going to see that. You're going to get to watch that in my life. I, I believe that with all of my I believe that the, the roots of evil are drying up. I do. I believe that my past prayers are still working. I believe that my righteous acts are still causing a ripple in the heavenlies. I believe that my faith and my declarations are influencing many things. And I will not draw my, withdraw my faith because it's working, it's working, it's working, and it's working like Abraham. Hallelujah. It's working, and it's going to come. I'm fully convinced. I'm fully convinced. But <clears throat> here's the key. Here's some of the keys to stay joyful and to stay full of faith and to see God working just even in the natural realm of your own life, but seeing God in the little things and knowing that what you're doing now is preparing you for greater things. Okay? And this is what it is. Nothing will keep you in faith more than thanking God for these simple things. Okay? You ready? I'm going to give you these four things. We don't have to go all night. We just have to get these things in you. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Number one. Go with me. Let's, let's, let's turn over the Bible. Go to 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 before I give it to you. 2 Peter chapter 1. Over toward the back of your Bible there. Second Peter chapter one. Verse four. He said, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. That these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Number one, the number one thing you got to give thank God for is God's general promises of what the Word of God says about you. You thank God about your salvation. If you can't be so thrilled about being born again, and the promise of salvation, the promise of seeing Jesus, the promise of knowing that you got born, that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you are a child of God. Amen? Amen. If you can't be excited about that, then you need to get saved. 
Seriously. If you're not thrilled with your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's why things aren't working. Because let me just share with you, prayer is to get you in contact with God. Prayer is not to get your needs met. You get in contact with God, he'll meet your needs. Paul said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory of Christ Jesus. You just got to get into his presence. You got to get in contact with him. You get in contact with him, everything works. Because once you have his presence, once you know his presence is there, guess what? Victory is already yours. Everything's yours. See, so it's not about, it doesn't matter what changes around here. It matters what's taking place in here. So when I talk about the general promises of God, it's just the word of God. You get, you get to understand, wow, what God did in my life. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. God loves me. What an amazing thought. What an amazing. And notice he said here in this verse, he said it's all these wonderful promises that enable us to share his divine nature. And notice what the next phrase says, and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Thank God that we're not bound and we can escape all the world's junk that's going on because God said he'd meet and supply all of it. He's our source. It's the general things that if you get happy about, then when God tells you, because the second thing is the specific promises. And that's when you hear a message and you hear something that goes, wow, look at this. Because you're there in Second Peter. Go with me. We went over to First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy. Just turn back. It's not very far there. Just turn back to First Timothy. You know, right after Thessalonians there. So First Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 18. And, uh, you know, in the King James Version, it says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, verse 18, 1 Timothy 1.18, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may ward or you may wage a good warfare. In the New Living Translation, it says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you, based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, that it may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. I mean, how many of you had something good spoken over your life or had something that God has spoken to you, God's given you some specific things, and they still haven't come to pass? I've had a lot of those. Man, if I just had half the prophecies that have been spoken over me come to pass, glory to God, I, I wouldn't be able to contain anything. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it'd be amazing of what would take place, okay? And, and you say, well, why haven't they come to pass and things? Because it's not my job to bring them to pass. My job is to trust God. But there are specific things that we can do is, is we thank God for some specific things that God has really spoke to us that's our niche of what we do. Amen. And when we get a hold of what we do, let's be blessed in what we do. Amen? Let's stay in this until God says, change. I found this out. Most people get weary in well-doing because they think what I'm doing is not important. I mean, what do I do? I mean, this is just not important. I come here, I clean the church. That's no big deal. No, it's a huge deal. Or I come here and I serve, you know, or I come here and I help with the nursery, or I help with the kids, or I help with the ushers, or I help with the greeters, or I do the prayer, or I do the cat team, you know, just something that we're doing, you know, and we think, well, it's just, you know, it's nothing. You know, everything that God places in your heart is something very precious, invaluable because he's asking you to do it did you know that and it also goes all the way back to where when God tells you to jump you do it to your fullest why because he's got something you're 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 doing something here that's going to affect your destiny it's going to affect what goes on later on it's going to affect your life amen See, that's why it's not just the general. Thank God for, I mean, we, I mean, thank God if we never get a specific prophecy, if we never get a specific word from God, the general promises of God are far greater than anything we could ever attain to, okay? I mean, they are, if you just take what the promises of what the Bible says. But God gets specific. Why? Because he wants each person in the body of Christ to do what he's called them to do. Do you know that God sets you in where he wants you to be? And you've got to ask him, that, am I supposed to stay in here? 
Amen. I mean, you ever ask yourself, why is Leviticus in the Bible? Do you ever read Leviticus? Come on. I mean, gosh, you got the blood on the big toe. You got this guy, this guy, this guy begat this. You know, you you read through the Bible and you read Leviticus. You go, gosh, who cares if this person, this person, this, you know? Do you ever read the genealogy of Jesus, you know, in Matthew? And then you read the genealogy of Jesus over here in Luke. And you read these guys and you go look in, in, the, in the Old Testament and you find out, you know, who they were. And they're in the lineage of Jesus. And there's guys in there that... You know, they were having bad days their whole life. They didn't do anything exciting. In fact, they didn't have anything exciting in their life, except they had one purpose, was to have an offspring that was going to bring Jesus. And yet they changed the world. There was others, man, they had great revivals. They had all kinds of things. But when you see this, didn't matter if they had all these great, but these guys were all great. If these other guys down here didn't follow through and they were in the down times. Do you know that every one of you is in the genealogy of revival? You are, you're in that line because you're born again. You've got child of God. You're in that genealogy of bringing back the king. You're in the genealogy of the body of Christ. You are important. And what you do is important. And if you're not doing something, you need to be doing something. Connectivity. Amen? We need to be connected. Our body isn't function right if all the parts aren't working properly. Y'all okay? See, because what we do where we're at is going to determine what God's going to do later on in our life. Amen? You know, I had no idea doing and I, and I, I put my I take myself in this... Because when I look at what God, you know, led me to do and to be in a part, I just thought, I thought that's what you did. You know, as a Christian, when you got, uh, you know, when I got born again, and I just, we just did whatever, you know, I grew up in church, and so we, you know, we were just part of a family. And I grew up in a small community, so we just helped everybody. You know, if the cows got out, the neighbor's cows got out, everybody got the neighbor's cows in. If the guy's barn burned down, all the neighbors helped build the barn. We don't do that anymore. You know, we don't do where there's, you know, there's neighbors. I mean, I grew up in a small town. We had a party line. We had six people. You picked up the phone and said, hey, I want to be able to use this. Okay, you had like six other people on the same line. And they could listen. So, you know, you had to ask for, you know, you just had to, you know, figure out how you can talk like that and do things. So it was like Petticoat Junction. You know, you just helped people. You did things, Okay. Same thing at church. You just did. You just did. So I grew up that way so that even when I went off to, to college, went off to Bible college and stuff, that when churches and I got involved, it was like, hey, we need help here. You just did it. And I didn't know that just volunteering, just doing what God asked me to do and doing it until God changed me. That because of the connectivity and the people that I was connected with later on when God called me to pastor or later on when I was going to be, they were all going to be the big shots in the nation. They were all going to be, and they were all my friends. Why? Because when they were little shots, I was helping them. And everybody asked, well, how do you know them? How come they're, gonna, how come they're doing that for you? I, I said, because they're my friends. And because when they didn't, nobody could care less about them, I was helping them. And I didn't know at the time that it was going to be a big blessing over here, but I sure am glad. Amen? I mean, I'd like to say that I was that smart. That's not true. Someone said, well, you're just lucky. Or maybe so. I'm just blessed. I was just at the right place at the right time. Amen. Now, here's a key. Here's a key to the general promises, and here's the key to the specific promise. Because remember, you need to give thanks for these. Here's the third thing that you've got to give thanks for, and that is this, is that, that you're a new creation and your identity in Christ. You need to believe in you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. God bless you all. You know, that's the one thing in the body of Christ I've never understood that people didn't believe in themselves. You say, well, I don't know. I'm nothing compared. I know you're nothing without Jesus, but you got to believe that you and Jesus make it the majority. You and Jesus can do everything. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Amen? That because of who you are in Christ, 
See, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. I'm so glad. So it's no longer me, but I can do all things through Christ. So when you find your identity in Christ, it changes everything. You look so much better in Christ than you do outside of Christ. Amen. But you should never be outside of Christ. Because once you put Christ on, once you have been born again, hallelujah. The Bible says that you've been baptized into him, hallelujah. Because in Colossians, it says that your life is hid in Christ in God. So it's like you're covered up three times. So your life is, is, is in there. And so when, you know, Jesus said this, that me and my father are going to make our home and our abode with you. We're going to be there. So you're intertwined within that. When you know who you are in Christ and what you have, man, it changes everything. Because then you can say the general things are mine. And then when God specifically says, hey, I want you to do this. Hey, I want you to do this. You're like, okay. You know, I thought I was the most unqualified person to be standing up here to be a pastor. I mean, when I started out, I started out at 19 years of age. I was, didn't know anything in ministry and doing whatever I could do. And then at 23 years old, I, I became a senior pastor, 24. I was going to turn 24 that year. That's crazy. I wouldn't let a 20, I mean, right now I'm thinking 24-year-olds, they, can't, they, they don't even know how to come in out of the rain. Bless their hearts, you know. Hallelujah. I'm thinking, gosh, what, Lord, what were you doing with me? And God called me. He said, I've called. I said, okay, I'll step in. What are we going to do? I don't know what I'm doing. So I, said, I don't know what I'm doing, but God, I'm going to trust you. Amen. But the one thing I did know is that it wasn't me. It was no longer I that lived, but it was Christ that lived in me. And the one thing I did know is I didn't call myself. See, because I grew up in church. The one thing I did not ever want to do is be a pastor. And I've been a pastor for 45 years. But I didn't want to be a pastor. I was in full-time ministry for the first five years of my life, and I wouldn't be ordained or licensed or anything because I was trying to quit. And I had guys that graduated from college. They got licensed and ordained right out because they get, they got, you know, you get it on the Internet. And they went to whatever ministry they could, and they were getting licensed and ordained because you had to do all that. And I said, I don't want none of that. I said, I'm trying to talk God out of this thing. And I couldn't. That's probably why I'm still in it. Because he talked me into it, and I've stayed in it. And we've talked it out together, and it's been a blessing ever since. And I'm not bragging on me, because the reason I share that with you is because when God calls you, hallelujah, Lord, or God tells you to do something, you just do it till he tells you to stop. See, that's the problem that we have. People start and stop walking, and they say, well, I still know what God's doing. I know what's going You got to go back to where you knew where God started you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. We want to get you connected. I want to get you to realize that what you're doing right now is vitally important. No matter how old you are. You do realize that the most productive ages of people is in their 60 to 70 and then 70 to 80. You guys realize that? That's the most productive in everybody in America or in the world. Now, it's nothing to do with younger guys. You can do things too, but I'm just telling you as far as people get more things done 60 to 70 and 70 to 80 and then 50 to 60. That's the third one. So, you know why? Because we finally got enough sense and we finally got to the place where we don't care. You know, and then we finally got to the place where we're too tired to fight. So we're finally listening to God. And he's like, okay, you're finally going to give up. God bless you. I've been, I've been trying to talk to you for 40 years, you know, and you still haven't listened. So, amen. Thank God. Why do I say it? Because then that's what this is. Because when we look at this, and here's one of the biggest, because we don't know being a new creation and are identifying Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. And you got to quit trying to do things in your own strength. To quit trying to, and let God do it. You got you to let God be the one that does it. You got to say, God, hallelujah. I'm going to thank God I'm a new creature in Christ. He's, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'm going to trust you. Amen? I'm going to trust you. See, we're talking about these four things. If you do these four things, then guess what? When you're at places, you just stick with it until God says, change. And he'll show you. He'll direct you. He'll show you what to do. And it's a blessing. You'll go from glory to glory. You won't go from crisis to crisis. 
Because how you leave one place is how you enter the next place, and that's what causes problems. It really does, because we see that. You know, I mean, come on. People change churches, they get upset, they get mad, then they go to the new church, and they want to make it just as bad as the old church, because that's what they're mad about. Then you're thinking, golly, you just left that church, you came over to this church, and you want to make it like that church, because you're mad at that. You know, the problem is, is that we got to take care of you. you got to deal with you, because there's no such thing as a perfect church. I think we got the closest one that I'd ever been in, but which we do. You know, we really do. Our church is amazing. You guys are phenomenal. And I can say that, I'm sorry, you want to come to a phenomenal church, you come to our church. These folks are amazing. They are, or at least they, they hide things real well, one or the other, but they're really good folks, you know, and, uh, and we're blessed, you know, we really are. You know, we've got people that have actually, we've been around for 20, um, we're going on our 30th year, and many of you, you've been here for that whole 30 years, and we actually still like each other. That, that's amazing. And we're not related except by Christ, which is even more relation, so I like that. <laughs> Amen? So we've we got to come into this. When you know who you are and you identify with him, then you don't care to identify with anything else. You're not identifying with this or identifying. You're identifying with Christ. And it's the unity that we need to get together. When we get into unity, God's going to do supernatural things. All right, let me give you the fourth thing. You guys ready? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. The fourth thing is really this. And remember I'm saying, you've you got to give God thanks for this. And this is how you stay connected. This is how you understand so it doesn't frustrate you. Number one is that you thank God for his general promises. Number two, you thank God for his specific promises for you that what God told you. And you don't get mad if somebody else doesn't like what God told you. God may have told you, man, that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread is, is, is Bible study. Or the greatest thing here is outreach. Or the greatest thing here is teaching. Or the greatest thing is prayer. Or the greatest thing is, is doing this. Or the greatest thing is this particular section or this particular thing. That's because God specifically talked to you. And you're excited about it. You don't get mad at anybody else. Because they're not as excited as you are. You're just thanking God. God called you to what you're doing. But see, we would think, well, if God called me, he must have called everybody. No, he called you. And then thank God he'll bring people alongside that he's called them too, and he'll bring a team. And he'll bring things to connectivity, and thank God for that. Amen. That's, that's the specific promises that he's given you. Hallelujah. You know, and then also that you're a new creation, new creation in Christ Jesus, that you have a new creation identity in him. The fourth thing is this, is that your past prayers are already being answered. Even before you see them. Yes. And you've got to be thankful that, God, what I pray comes to pass, and I believe it. And you don't get excited when you don't see it. You don't, it doesn't frustrate you. You continually do what Abraham and Sarah did. They didn't call themselves Sarai and Abram. It was Abraham and Sarah. They changed everything. Sarah said, you're Abraham. And he said, you're Sarah. You're not Sarah. You're Sarah. You're the, the mother of all nations. You're Abraham. You're the father of all nations. Yep. I got, we, got, we got nations. We got offsprings. We got all kinds of kids. We got none looking. We got none around. We're, you know, going 75, 80, 85, 90, 95. I'm still Abraham. You're still Sarah. God's still God. Now, we know they messed up and had an Ishmael, a work of the flesh. We know that. But thank God, God's promises never stopped. Amen? God's promises never stopped. And so we are believing his promises. Let me say it again. The fourth one is your past prayers are already being answered even before they manifest because you believe what the word of God says. And that's simply Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire... When you pray, you believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So when do you believe you have them? When you pray. Not when you get them out here. You believe you have them when you pray. So you're being thankful to God that, God, when I pray and I ask you according to the word of God, it takes place. It has to take place because it's your word. And I just lift your word up before you, and I thank you, and I honor you, and thank you that you're faithful. And because you're faithful, 
Hallelujah. I'm going to walk this thing out. I am going to be so blessed. You know, I said you're a part of, your genealogy is a part of revival. Because we're all part of a relay race. If you've ever been in track or if you've ever been in a relay race where they pass the baton. You know, we're reaping because of what other people have prayed and sowed. Amen. I believe that. The Bible says in in Revelation (coughs) that all of the saints' prayers are in heaven and they're vials that God can break open and answer anytime he wants to. Isn't that awesome? (coughs) And so if we take hold of the word of God and we believe this, we believe, (coughs) excuse me, that we're part of this race and that we make a difference. We might not be the anchor leg, if you don't know what the anchor is, it's the last guy that has the baton. He runs across the finish line and he gets all the applause. But he couldn't finish if it wasn't for the other three guys running. Okay? He wouldn't even have the baton if it wasn't for the other three guys running, handing it to each other. And we're in this together. We're in this thing together. It's like what, what Paul said in, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, listen, I planted Apollos watered... <coughs> But God gave the increase. Then he said, because we're workers together. He went on to say, doesn't matter about he who plants, doesn't matter about he who waters, it's God that's given it. But God can't give an increase if we don't plant and we don't water. We're all in this together. And the thing about it is, is that many times we get weary and well-doing and we get to thinking that, well, it doesn't work. It's not happening. This isn't taking place. But it is. It's working. It's working your faith is giving substance your faith the roots are drying up the roots of evil are drying up around your things hallelujah amen and there's going to be this see i believe i believe this is this year i do with all of my heart that this is this year is going to be like a convergence things are going to come together they're going to come together hallelujah and all the things that we're currently doing all the current preparation all things we're doing they're going to cause opportunities that are going to explode There's going to be this coming together, hallelujah, and we're going to see this thing, and it's going to be like, wow, I see this. Why? Because, number one, we're people of faith. And you know me. I mean, I always share this. Jesus said when he comes back, is he going to find faith on the earth? I mean, that's one thing that my, that's, that's, I'm I'm in that. I, yes, I'm a faith preacher. I'm a faith guy. I believe with all of my heart. I mean, I'm not a doubter. I'm not an unbelief. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I mean, my glass is never half full, you know, in the sense of where, or half empty. It's always half full. It's always full. It's always going to be full and overflowing. I'm always, we are people of faith. And so we believe, hallelujah, that our response today, and I wrote this down, you know, it takes a person of faith and vision to know that your faithful response today will dynamically propel you forward Hallelujah, for God to do the things he needs to do ahead. Which means is that God's preparing you and I for greater and better things. He's getting us ready for harvest. He is. He's getting ready for an influx. Listen, if we had 30 youth show up or if we had 30 kids show up, if we had 30 adults show up on a Sunday, we wouldn't even know where to put them. We'd be in trouble. You might not have your favorite seat. Like, they're sitting in my seat. Yeah, you got here late. You got here on your regular time. And everybody else knows that's your seat, but they don't know that's your seat. (laughs) Amen. Today's events, today's, what I'm doing today is equipping me for what God wants me to do tomorrow. It's equipping me for my future of what he's having me do. It's doing this here. He's saying, hey, you remember the the parable of the talents. And we'll kind of close on this. Excuse me. The parable of the talents are this. Is that there was three guys. And and the guy comes and he says, hey, I'm going to give this guy five talents. I'm going to give this guy two talents. And I'm going to give this guy one. And we know talents is money. But what he's doing is I'm going to give you things to be over. I'm going to give you responsibilities for these things. We know that the guy with the five, he went out and he got five more. The guy with the two, he went out and he got two more. The guy with the one said, "Uh, I'm going to go hide it. I'm going to go dig it in the ground. I'm going to do this because I know you're a hard man. He didn't do it. And he gets cast out. 
And the guy that has five or has 10 actually gets the one. And you say, well, that seems harsh or whatever. It's like, no, God's saying this to these guys. Listen, I'm giving, you said, you could have at least given interest on it. You could have at least done something. And that's the thing that he's endeavoring to do. But he goes on to say this when he was talking to the guys with the five and the two. He said this to them. And the Lord said to him, he says, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he said that to both of them there. And what he was endeavoring to say, he was saying, listen, because you had vision to do, because you actually applied yourself, here's that because you've been faithful over little things, I'm going to make you faithful over much things. Amen. And we've got to have a vision. Because see, our, the more vision you have for the future, the more you see things taking place the better off you are in the present. Amen? See, the more vision you have for the future, the more power and purpose you're going to have for the present. Why? Because you're looking for your future and you want to say, man, I've got to prepare all this because I want to get there. Amen? I mean, that's why we're doing all that we're doing. That's why we're building buildings, why we're trying to remodel this, why we're doing Why? Because we want people to be born into the kingdom of God. We want to have an oasis. We want people to hear the truth of the word of God. Amen? It's not about, oh, look at us, look at how big. No, it's about there's a lost and dying world. that They need Jesus. It's life or death. Why do we do all the things we do? Why do we show things? Why are we here? Why do we cling? Why do we have things forget? Because we know that somebody coming in, maybe their first time, it's a life or death situation when they come in about knowing Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You know, I mean, all of us that have been going to church all of our lives, it's just kind of old hat. But other people coming for the first time, it's a big deal. Amen? It's a big deal. And so we have to have that. Amen? Here's the last thing that I wrote down here. I said, there's the belief that God is preparing us for important things ahead gives us the purpose and the strength to fully and successfully live today. So what am I sharing with you about all these four things? Is that, listen, what you do today for the kingdom of God, what you're doing to touch lives today is so vitally, vitally important that God's doing because there's some greater things that he's going to do with you. If you'll be so blessed in the small things and so wonderful and being what God, and then God, he'll cause great things to take place in your life. See, because it's working. Your faith is working. Amen. It is. Your prayers are working. They are. I believe the Bible says that the reaper you know, is going to be overtaken by the sower, or the sower is going to be overtaken by the reaper, which simply means that there's going to be such an abundance. The Bible says in Psalms 23 that <coughs> surely goodness and mercy is running you down and jumping on you. So if you don't have that goodness and mercy coming over and knocking you down, it's because you're not doing the per- things that you're supposed to be doing right here. Let's do what we need to do right now because everything of what we do right now has a purpose for our future. God has it tied. Just like it did with the king. He shot the arrow and said, okay, I'm going to win. Then he said, okay, here's the thing, but strike the ground. He's like, eh. And the, and the prophet's like, what's wrong with you? You should have been bam, 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 bam. Because he went to the prophet going, oh, my father, my father, because he knew he was dying. And he says, what are we going to do? And he's like, hey. Put your hand on the bow. Here's, you're going to be able to defeat him. Now, do this. He should have just, man, took it and just kept going until the prophet said, stop. But what we do is we go, well, I'll do it this much. Or I'll just give a little bit here. I don't want to do too much. But when you give your all, God sees and he's preparing you for more. Amen. He always does. He always does. He always does. That's why the Bible tells us we got to hold fast to that which what we have. Amen. We got to hold fast to it. We got we to gotta hang on to it, you know. <clears throat> and if we don't hang on to it, the enemy is going to come and steal it away. Because not only does he want us to start, he wants us to maintain it, and he wants us to eat the fruit there, and he wants us to flourish. Listen, the, the, the general promises of God, like I said, is enough. God said he's going to meet and supply all of your needs. You know, that's a general promise. He has a general promise of healing. Amen. No matter what the symptoms and what the enemy's trying to do, the Word of God declares that healing is ours. Health is ours. Hallelujah. Yes. Jesus is the healer, the Bible says. Amen. We've got a healing covenant. We've got a promise in that God's going to meet and supply all of our needs because He said He would. He said He would. He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you so that you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. God said, if I don't know, if I need wisdom, He said, let, let anyone ask wisdom. 
And I'll give him to you liberty. I'll give you without a second thought. I'm going to give you wisdom. Let him ask for, you know, for wisdom. Amen? If we need strength, God said he'd give us strength. These are all just the general promises of God. All the things that we go around thinking we need to beg God for, they're all ours. They're all ours. He already gave it. I mean, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? The Lord is the strength of our life. Amen? Hallelujah. He's our greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen. We've got an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. We've got an anointing that abides within us that we need not that any man teaches. That same anointing that abides, it'll teach us all things. We've got the spirit of truth who will guide us into all truth and he'll show us things to come. Those are just general. Those are, but then there's specific things where God says, I want you to be this. I've called you to be this or I've placed you here and I want you to be in this position. And then when he gives us specific needs, then we be the best that we can be in that. Amen? We let God be God in those things. And then when we allow God to be God, it changes everything in our lives. Amen? It changes everything. Praise God. See, it's one thing to obtain something, but there's another thing to maintain. I think that's what we, we haven't been able to do is maintain momentum. We haven't been able to maintain the glow. Christians glow for a moment. They're like glow plugs. They glow, and then they get dark. But God doesn't want you just to, just to be a, a spark here or a flash in the pan. He wants you to glow. He wants you to maintain the glow. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 <coughs> says that he wants us to maintain. One of Moffat's translations says maintain the glow, which means that we need to let the spirit of God that's in us strengthen us and that we let the life of God flow out of us. Amen. Now, I don't, you're all not going to be as crazy and, and as, as hyped up as I am. I, I, I know that. I mean, I, I thought I was normal, but I found out I'm a little abnormal. <sighs> you know, some of you may be even a little more crazier than me, but that's okay in your perspective areas. But I have a heart for God. Okay? I have this thing because I, what I want to do. In fact, go over to Romans chapter 12, and we'll end on that one. Romans chapter 12. I don't know how it is in, the, in, the, in this New Living Translation. I just know how it is in the other one. Excuse me. Verse 11. I'll pick on my glasses this way I can find out exactly where it's at. It says, in, oh, I like what it says here anyways, because it says, never be lazy. Don't you like that? But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. In the King James, when it talks about it, it says that we've got to be fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. That word fervent means you've got to be a glow. You've got to be a glow with the spirit of God. I like what the Moffat's translation says, maintain the glow. So that means why do we maintain the excitement? How do we maintain uh, the, just the joy of the Lord? How do we maintain? By thanking God for all of his promises. By thanking God that he actually asked me to do something specific for him. Thanking God that I know who I am in Christ. That I, I'm a new creature. Glory to God. That it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And I belong to him. I identify with Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So I know that I'm a new creature. And then all of a sudden, man, when I pray, things happen. And my prayers are availing much. And my prayers are working. And they're being answered. Even though I don't see them. Even though I don't think. God is moving because I said it. And that's true. But see, you got to believe that. See, you are who God says you are. But you, you know, you're only going to be who you decide you want to say you are and who you want to believe you are. See, we have all the promises of God. God said he confirms his word with signs following. God said he's done all. God's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. He's given all of his promises. He says the greater one's in you. He's given you the, the Holy Spirit, which is the down payment. Everything, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. God says, if you do these things, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Anything. People want to throw that away, but you can't. Jesus said it. Amen. So we look at Joe, oh, Pastor, now you get a little crazy out there. I know because we don't want to believe what the Bible, because we want to be religiously brainwashed. Come on, I grew up in church. I know all the brainwashing that goes in it. They want you to slow down. You can't just calm down. Calm down. We know you're excited now, but we'll give you a couple of years and you'll just get molded in with the rest of us. 
And I've been down that path. And I molded in. And then I broke free and I've never been molded in again. Amen. And I'll never be molded in. Because the word of God is so. Amen. And that's God's heart for us. So guess what? Your prayers are working. Your faith is working. Amen. Your righteous acts are going up before God. And he's preparing you for what he has planned for you. Amen. He's preparing you for what he has planned for you. And guess what? His plans, they're awesome. His plans. He said, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good and not of evil. Plans to bring you to an expected end, a future. He's got a future for us. Amen? And so get ready. You're about to get blessed. You're about to get run over with blessings. Or you're going to stand on the sideline and watch everybody else get blessed. You're going to watch everybody else run in and get touched down. You're going to watch everybody else, you know, doing the things. And they're going, whoa, how come that? I know them. I, I, know, I seen them. I, look at that. Well, how, can, how can God use them? It's because they decided to believe. And they decided to act. And they decided to be faithful at what God told them to do right here. And it started working. It's working. It's working. What we do with what God tells us to do now has great effect on what he wants to do in the future. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you. You're such a great God. <coughs> and Lord, I thank you and praise you for all of these folks that are here. And all those that may have come on watching us. Thank you guys for all, you know, finding us and watching. We're just glad that you came on. Hallelujah. But thank you for those that are here. Thank you for those that weathered the storm that have come. Father, this was for them. And I just know in my heart, I just know in my heart, I know in my heart, 2024, God, you're moving. You're moving. And you're putting things in position. You're making things happen. You are moving. Angels, you're working. You're working. You're working. You're working. You're working. You're working. Yes, yes, yes. And I thank you for that, Father. Oh, I honor you and I love you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. And what we're going to do too, uh, I may do this just on Sunday mornings, but I'm not sure yet. But, I, you know, we're going to have our School of the Bible coming up in March. And when that's done, I may do a successive Wednesday. And I'm going to teach on the subject of angels and uh, some things here that we need to do because there needs to be some more things coming into that. But I may just do it on Sunday morning. I'm not sure yet. Uh, I, I'm looking at that and seeing things. But there's just been some things stirring on the inside of me. Because of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 says, Are not angels, you know, there to minister for us? The heirs of salvation is what it says. And so they're the minister to us. And so if we're not seeing some things of what needs to take place, hallelujah, God's going to come through. So we need to just, you know, start getting some things here. I mean, some of you, your guardian angel, glory to God, they've been, they've been sleeping because you haven't been asking them to do anything. You haven't having them do anything. I mean, and then some of you, they've been working overtime because you've been doing stupid things and they've been keeping you alive this far. 